Hello everybody, welcome back to Edo Geeks Game Club. This is episode number 35, Scapegoat. My name is Steve, and with me as always is Phil. Phil, how are you this evening? Good, how are you? I'm doing quite well, thank you. And also with us, of course, is Mr. Randy. How are you tonight, sir? I am awesome. I am ready to rock. Cool, cool, cool. For those of you joining us for the first time, what we do here on the Game Club is we'll pick a game, play it for a couple of weeks, and then the three of us get together and record this podcast where we kind of discuss the game, what we liked, what we didn't like, kind of uh, in a book club style format. It's not really intended to be an official review. It's just kind of a a nice discussion uh, amongst friends. Uh, And like I said, this time around, we played the game Escape Goat for the PC, uh, and I'm going to let Phil go ahead and give us a little uh, background on the game. Sure. Um, I, I will uh, say before I begin that I am not feeling 100% tonight. Uh, I have a slight cold, so uh, if I start coughing or gagging or choking during this, I, I apologize in advance. I, I should have brought a cup of uh, water down here with me, but I did not. Okay, so anyway, Scapegoat. It is a puzzle platformer, our, our, our favorite game here on, on uh, the game club somehow. We do tackle <laughs> a lot of these. Yeah, it just kind of happens, so... Uh, Um, This is the third game developed by Magical Time Bean. Uh, The first two titles by, I was going to say them, but it's really him, uh, is Soulcaster 1 and 2. So, Scapegoat, it was originally released as an Xbox indie game on November 2nd of 2011. So, you know, a little over a year ago now. Uh, It originally launched at about $3, which... I guess some people say is actually kind of high for an Xbox indie game, and not too much later he uh, ended up dropping the price to uh, 80 Microsoft points, which is a dollar. Oh my! Which is a steal, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then it got a PC release on June 14th of uh, this year, and that one is five dollars, which I guess explains your oh my, um, because it's uh, obviously it's uh, pricier. Um, and to try and to try and make it a bit of a better deal, you know, a little more bang for your buck, he uh, included an extra 50 levels, which are very hard, I might add. Um, and if you wish, it's uh, playable through a browser, and you can go play it on, um, I think it's playescapegoat.com? Yes, that's, that's correct. Yeah, and then there was actually uh, a few weeks ago, or at least it felt like a few weeks ago, it may have been a month or two ago, um, there was a free weekend of it as well, mm-hmm. um, and I played through like half of it back then, during that time, and then I replayed it for this. Um, so, Magical Time Bean, it's made up of Ian Stalker. Um, he, for this game, I mean, he's he pretty much created everything. He did the game, and he did the soundtrack. I mean, he, he is the game. Um, so, he actually has um, a pretty long history in, uh, in game development. Um, most recently, he did the uh, audio and music for Dream, Dream Rift's Monster Tale. Um, and he also did H- Henry Hatsworth, which is an EA game, but those guys eventually split off and created Dream Rift. Um, they're actually about to release Epic Mickey 2 for 3DS, and I'm curious if his uh, audio work is in there. Hmm. Um, he has a pretty long history uh, working with EA. He did stuff on, like, Harry Potter games, Lord of the Rings, and stuff like that. Um, I'm not quite clear on exactly his role in his long list of games here, but according to a small little bio on Moby Games, 
Uh, he started in the industry, I'm quoting here, he started in the industry in uh, January 2002 doing contract audio work as Ian Stocker Sound Design Inc. on a large amount of commercial titles. He provided, provided, provided direction, composition, sound design, build management, custom technology, and tools. So Wow. Yeah, guys, uh, he knows his shit. And, as Randy added to my notes here, <laughs> according to Urban Dictionary, an escape goat is a slang used by idiots who do not realize the term is scapegoat. <laughs> I love that. And, and it's kind of funny because, I mean, obviously, a scapegoat, the game title is a play on words from scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As and are right. a few things in the game. There are some other funny play on words. Yeah. So, while speaking of the game, that's that's the, and I need a break from talking. I'm, I'm really should have brought down some water for me. But, that's uh, all right. Why don't you go grab a beer and a water, and we'll have uh, we'll have Steve start it off. He hasn't started. Uh, I got I got I got to hear his thoughts. I can't leave. So, <laughs> go, go ahead. I'll just save up some spit. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Escape Goat. Uh, really, really awesome game. Uh, I really, really had a good time with it, and I'm saying really, really, really a lot of times. So that lets you know how, m- how much I liked it. Super uh, emphasis. Yeah. Steve, I, did uh, you beat it? Did you finish I did. it tonight? I oh, did. I, fi- I finished it earlier this evening, um, awesome. which mar- actually marks the first Game Club game in quite a while that I finished. So, uh, like, actually, if that tells you something, uh, I, I was I used the word. Uh, what was the game a couple times back where I kept saying I wasn't compelled to finish it? Uh, well, this time around, I, I was compelled to finish a scapegoat because the, it's really the fun. The compellingness was there. The co- yeah, the compulsion, which isn't <laughs> isn't isn't actually a word. Uh, not well, not in that way. Um, <laughs> the, the, compa- yeah. the compulsion. I give the compulsion of this game a five. I think I, I think I just heard the sound of of uh, a million people clicking the close button on the window. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> thumbs down on YouTube. You guys. Yeah, you know what? And I mentioned this to Phil uh, the other day, and 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 I hate. I don't usually do this. I don't usually compare games. Um, that we're talking about, like the current game club game to past ones, and uh-huh. I, and I certainly don't mean to sound. I don't want to be like going back and trashing a game, but as I was playing this game, I kept kind of thinking of Colorbind um, because it was just the difference. It was that this game has that whatever that that magic ingredient is that, that I uh. did. Yeah, the the uh, <laughs> I wasn't getting from Colorbind. It, I don't know if it's just because of the the layer of paint that they put on this and the music and just the overall package. Um, but something about this game just you know I, I it made me want to keep playing it. And you know I think a lot of it also is really just that the puzzles in this game are really so well designed and there mm-hmm. really were some brain busters in here. Uh, the way the game is set up, um, you know. Some of you guys listening are, pro- are seeing this on the video, or if you're just listening to the podcast, you probably have no idea what the hell we're talking about. Um, so basically, each level, uh, you're this goat, and you're in this dungeon, and you're trying to escape. And in order to escape, you team up with a little mouse who also wants to get out of there, and the two of you together go through these kind of single-screen levels, um, meaning that it doesn't scroll or anything like that. It's just the, the screen is... is is the level uh and and there's a series of obstacles and and things you have to move and figure out to get to the door which will then take you to the next room um and basically i guess the the objective is is you have to rescue seven of these sheep and then that unlocks the final uh escape route the final path as it's called in the game 
Um, there's, I think there's more though. There's like nine or ten. You only have to rescue seven, and you can, it's kind of like a like a Mega Man thing where you can pick and choose which level you're going to go to out of order. You don't have yeah. to. Yeah, I think not, I think there's 65 rooms total. Yeah, but you only have to do like 50 of them or something. 53, I think, is okay. Something, yeah, because because I, I did just about maybe a little more than the than the minimum, but uh. Because I didn't get all the goats, I got seven goats, and then I escaped. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's the basic gist of the game. That's what you got to do, and the puzzles are really well designed. I think. Um, back to my original point, uh, you know, there some of them are really tough. Uh, they're a nice mix of almost, I don't want to say twitch gaming, but there's some stuff where you have to be pretty precise with your timing. You know, mm -hmm. it's not it's not all just. Uh, uh, it's not it's, a matter of figuring it out. It's also a matter of being able to do it. Exactly. Perfect. Very good way of saying it. Yep, yep, yep. That, that's what I was getting at. Uh, and, and, and there were some, you know, when I got through them, I was like, you know, I, man, I'm a goddamn genius. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a fun feeling. When you're playing a puzzle platformer game, that's a good feeling. And back to the point about colorblind, there were times, like I said, where I felt like I was just kind of flinging the car across the screen and then reaching the objective. You know what I mean, right. and yeah. and in this game that what you know there was kind of a very set way to get through the level and accomplish it, and once you figured it out, you know it was a satisfying feeling, and uh, that really uh, yeah I mean I I had a great time playing it I I love the music I've listened to the soundtrack over and over again uh, throughout yeah. the week while I've been working uh, I think it's got some of the best music I've heard in a in a game uh, in a while yeah it's I I think that a scapegoat is the quintessential game and, and video game where it boils down everything to back to the basics level. You know, here you've got this 8-bit color palette. You've pretty much just got 8-bit graphics. You're only working on a one screen, kind of like... Did it did it remind anybody else of Gyromite, or was I the only one? I didn't think of Gyromite. I didn't get Gyromite vibes. All right, well, well I'm I mean, the only I one. Get, but, but I, I see what like you're the, saying, yeah. The one screen, you know, like, yeah. like Donkey Kong or something. Yeah, like Donkey Kong, but the, the really cool thing, like like Steve was saying, you not only does it take the, the the wherewithal to be able to see the puzzle on screen and figure out what you have to do, but you also need to have the precision, and the beauty with a scapegoat is you have that precise control. Like, the goat is dead on. When mm -hmm. you tell him to jump, he jumps where he lands, he sticks his landings all the time. And uh, even the mouse, when you start getting better at chucking the mouse around in the room so he can go and hit your remote switches for you... Um, controlling him is is right on the money as well. I think I really liked it just because, you know, just because of that fact. It 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 boiled everything down to what made games great back on the NES and and the um, uh, the Master System, where you where you've just got these simple graphics. You know he's a goat. He's not super detailed, but you know it's a goat. You know it's a mouse. He's not super detailed, but you know he's a mouse. And you know the bad guys are bad because they're you know they're shaped like death and they shoot fireballs at you. It's it's the basics of the video game, but. But because the execution is so precise, that's what makes this game great. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, I think everything about it is precise. I don't. There's there were no levels or puzzles that I felt like were were junk puzzles, um, and there were no puzzles or or anything along those lines. Where when I got to it, where I thought to myself, "Nope, I'm not gonna be able to finish this one. I need to turn off the game and start all over again." Um, I, I don't know. There's there's something about it. There's an unspoken and an unwritten encouragement, knowing that. You've got it's in you. You know you can finish this level if you just stick it out. You'll figure it out eventually, and it's nice. 
Yeah, I liked. Uh, there was a couple times when I was doing a level, like I, you know, I think what is it? You have to complete six or seven in 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 a level. There's like there's seven rooms or whatever. I think it's six. I think six. it's six. Okay. The sixth one might be the oh, the goat or the sheep, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So the, yeah. Right. So there was there would be sometimes where I would go to a level and I might get like two or three in and I'd kind of get stuck. And then the nice thing about that is that it saved your progress. You could yep. back out again, and then I could go to another level, and maybe that one I would get all the way through to six. And then I'd go back to the other one I had been on before, and then I might be just in a little bit better frame of mind or whatever, and then I, can, I could get through and finish that level as well. I really felt like the save system, which was all auto-save, uh, just worked really, really well, and, I, and it was great to to turn the game off at night and then fire it back up the next day and just have everything, you know, and, and that, that may sound like, um, like a no brainer. If you're used to like, you know, if within the context of like AAA console titles or even PC titles where right. autosave is just second nature now, but in a lot of these smaller indie games that we play on here, a lot of times the autosave stuff doesn't really work right. You know, there's issues and, and this game was just, just had a level of polish with all that stuff where it, 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 you didn't have to worry about it at all. Just, it just did what it was supposed to do and it, it helped the experience uh, quite a bit. Before tonight's show, I actually didn't know the game was an Xbox indie title. And one of my complaints, probably the only complaint that I was going to bring to the table about a scapegoat was I was having a hard time originally controlling him using the mouse and keyboard, but then I just plugged in my 360 controller and I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, and I was just burning through the game because yeah. it was doing exactly yeah. what I wanted it to. So I think that's my only suggestion to people out there is if you're interested in a scapegoat and I, and I wholeheartedly recommend this game, I can't say enough nice things about it. Play it on a controller. You can do it with a keyboard, and and uh, well, you can do it with a WASD keyboard, but you'll get a much better experience out of it if you if you just take a second and plug in a controller. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree completely. Yep. It, there was a level I was actually like, the level that broke me. I was doing everything on keyboard. Um, I wish I could remember what section it was in, but I don't know if you guys did this one or not. But it's essentially just like a room of just boxes going around on different belts. And, mm, yeah. and, buzzsaw, mm -hmm. and buzzsaws on a bunch of the boxes. Mm -hmm. I tried that one on keyboard for so even once I switched to the Xbox controller, it still took me a while. But I was like at least like confident enough where I was like able to survive for a while and like think things through. That might have been um, right around where I stopped too, believe it or not. Yeah, because that was just. I mean, that one demands like pretty intense platforming. Yeah. Yeah, uh, th that was. Uh, I think that was another thing. Uh, you know, there were challenging. It's a challenging game. It's not. Uh, it's not really a cakewalk, and and I appreciated that about it. And uh, yeah, I, just just a really cool game. Uh, I think. I'm sorry, Randy. You were gonna. Oh, I was. I was gonna ask. Was there? A, was there by any chance a level editor packed in with this? There is. There is. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. See, I didn't get to get a chance to tinker around with that, but that's sweet. Yeah, apparently, and I and I didn't really get a chance to check out any community-made levels, but apparently there's there's quite a bit out there, awesome, um, which is nice. Mm -hmm. And that's the game for five dollars. I mean, people could argue that that's expensive, but I think what you get with this game, it, you know, right out of the gate, like like Phil said, there's 65 levels you need to get through just to unlock the. Uh, I don't know if that includes the the ten or the nine at the end, nine or ten. In the final path, so after, yeah. and this is going to get a little spoilery, but I mean, it's not it's game club. Spoiler yeah, time. It's game club. <laughs> it can be a little spoilery at times. So, 
just <laughs> spoiling your 2d puzzle platform yeah, well yeah i know that's what i mean it's like what am i gonna spoil like you know you solve the, the end the go it uh no. <laughs> yeah um but uh, uh after you collect uh, seven or more uh, of the sheep at the end of each level you unlock what's called the final path and that's a 10 level kind of just you know that's you escaping from the dungeon and it's just these uh it's actually nine puzzles leading up to the tenth one, which is kind of just a not really a puzzle at all. Um, and because of the, all the spoiler stuff, I totally lost train of thought of what I was saying. <laughs> oh, the value of the game, right? So you have all that right there, and then after you finish it, you unlock what's called the uh, was it the for all intents purposes, yeah, I think which so. is a pl- which is a play on the for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Which is then kind of like the master, yeah. Which is the then crazy, insane, difficult. I guess that's the additional fifty levels, Phil. Yeah. Okay. So again, I I didn't make it very far into those. To be honest, neither did I. And those are really challenging and really tough. And and you take that and then all that into consideration, and then the fact that there's a level editor. I think that five dollars is is a pretty good deal for a game like this. I bought it, and um, I didn't I didn't know this. Um, I just found out. um, tonight from Phil, uh, but apparently the soundtrack is available for free on the Bandcamp as well. Yeah. So when you buy the game, you get the soundtrack as well. So I didn't, but I didn't know it was free. So at the time, I thought that was an added bonus to the uh, to the price. But right, right. I guess not since it's free. But you do get the soundtrack as part of the download package when you get it. So. It's still cool though. It's still good. yeah. Yeah, I'm I was a little worried at first that the same music was going to be used through the entire thing, and in that case, I was going to get ready to turn it down. Not because the music is bad, but because if you keep hearing that same song over and over and over again, it'll it'll wear you out. But each level does have its own music, and and yeah. they all fit really well, and they they are all very good. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's that. I like yeah, I liked I liked the uh, the the music a lot. I think it it just had kind of an I I'm like I'm struggling not to say anything about Meat Boy because I feel like we say something about them on every time we play a, a game like this. But <laughs> similar sound, the music the music did kind of remind me of that kind of like dystopian kind of creepy sort of you know like kind of disjointed. I had a I had a Castlevania vibe from it. It actually. did, yeah. And Dude, that, I had a Tina Turner vibe from it. Nice. <laughs> Not joking. The first time I heard it, I can't remember the song, but I swear the <laughs> intro music. There's there's a Tina Turner '80s vibe to it, uh, which is good because the game does have a very sweet '80s vibe to it. It does, yeah. And and Phil, you're absolutely right. Also, it does. And I mentioned this last week when we were doing the Castlevania one that that this game does kind of have a, that same kind of vibe to it of of Castlevania a little bit, uh, especially in the artwork with the you know the dungeon. Crypt right. kind of look to it, and uh, I liked a lot of the mechanics. I I liked how there were little things that I would catch. Like, did you notice? Like, there would sometimes be a to- uh, a spot where you'd stand on a block, uh, or like you'd stand on a button, and it would cause maybe like a platform to move. And if you did it at the right time, if there was like a saw going around, you could actually destroy the saw, or you uh-huh. could you could destroy the mages or whatever they were. I don't know. Or were they called reapers? Yeah, yeah, they look like reapers they, to they, me. I was I was actually getting into the habit of manually destroying them on purpose. Yeah, yeah, it was it was just cool that like I didn't know you know it wasn't obvious that you could do that. The game didn't go out of its way to say, hey, if you you know do this at the perfect time, you can actually kill these things. Yeah, and, and you I could just, do the uh, the the switch with the mouse, so you could kill them during the teleport too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, really neat, 
little kind of stuff like that that was thrown in throughout the game and, and a lot of just kind of ways to experiment with stuff. Uh, and, and to be honest, I mean, I don't know how you guys did the puzzle. I feel like, in my mind, there was a very clear way to do each puzzle, and that's how I did it. But that's not to say that you guys might have done it. You could have done right. it a completely different way, and I have no idea. I think there was a couple that I fudged through, or at least I miracled through. But, um, you know, once you're done with them, you don't go back and replay them to see if if there was a second way around. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Here's one that I I wasn't sure if I did the right way or not. The very first stage on the final path, um, it's, you know, a big room. And then the exit is all the way to the right of the screen. And there's like a large hall in between you and the screen and then above you are like reapers and blocks moving all around and stuff how did you do that stage did you kind of drawing a blank on on Uh, what it was all right because (laughs) because on that stage um there's you know all the action is happening above you and then the x is to the right and i just ignored all that and i was able to double jump and dash my way over to the door does that sound familiar I don't remember I think, doing I that. I think I might have done something similar, but we'll we'll be seeing probably the footage on the YouTube channel, and, and people will be like, "This is not how you did it at all, Randy." Yeah. <laughs> you totally died a thousand yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. I should everybody. watch. I should I should watch it because I was wondering if I did that stage wrong or not. So I, I probably should have I should have just watched like found some kind of let's play that's on YouTube already and, and compared. I yeah, I don't know. I, I don't right. I don't remember having a level that seemed that you know right. without. I was any, wondering like if I. If the stage was there to throw people off, and or if I did it different, I wasn't sure. So, don't know, don't know. Let me, can I ask you guys a question about about the game though, about uh, the the design choice of the game? Mm-hmm. Why a goat? <laughs> I mean, well, aside from the the very clever title, this game would have worked awesome if it was like um, a wizard and a mouse, or like uh, I don't know. A, a, a knight and a squirrel, or you know yeah, what I mean? No, no. Like it's it's well, a goat I think that's and a part mouse. of the. I think that's part of the appeal. That's what I'm saying. Like, does that add to the appeal? Well, to, you, to, to me, a goat is kind of like a pagan symbol, and I guess that kind of ties into all the the crypt and the dungeon and the kind of oh. you know that, that's how I took it. But I don't know. There's never there's no like explanation in the game really as to like why you're a goat, why you're in there, and and you're just kind of left to wonder but uh, that's the only only thing i thought of when i about it being a goat was the fact that that's like a a, a pagan symbol but did it add to or thought. take away from the game at all like like i said if it was a knight and his squirrel or something along those lines would it would it have done would it have changed your experience at all for the game <sighs> it's hard because to say. he only takes up one block on the screen yeah i guess it's hard to say i mean yeah i guess it could have really been anything um i think it's really a, a sum of its parts though you know i mean if it was the same exact game with all the same music and everything else, and it was it was a knight and a squirrel, then mm. yeah, maybe it still would have been fine and 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 wouldn't have really made a difference. Yeah, I don't think it would have changed my opinion on the game at all. I don't, I don't know what uh, they would have called it though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. True. Don't know. <laughs> um, I what had about a thought you, man? Oh, I'm sorry. What was your thought on that, Randy? You you asked the question. I'm just curious what your opinion. I was. I don't know. I think that was what I was gonna say. Like like did he did he design it? I would love to pick his brain and find out if he made the goat because because of the because he heard somebody use the phrase escape goat and he thought it was hilarious and he thought he would make a game off of it or or did he have the concept for a game and then 
you know, just kind of retrofitted the goat into fit. I, I want to know, like, which came first in this situation. Mm, the title the chick, or the, the game? The chicken or the egg. Yeah, the chicken or the egg. Did the title come first or did the <laughs> game come first? Hmm. Yeah. Was he like, oh, a scapegoat. This game practically builds itself. Or, <laughs> or did he have this idea of a game in mind? And it was originally, I don't know, like I said, like a knight and a squirrel or... Or a plumber and his little mushroom friend, and then did he just like change it at the last minute? I, I'm dying to find out here. I want to know. Somebody send him a Twitter. Maybe somebody, I will. Maybe I'll tweet him. Somebody tweet him. Perhaps, perhaps I will. I'll try and get that answer. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I had a thought going back earlier into the show. Um, you know, you're talking about how, you know, the game feels good to play it, and then you're comparing it to stuff like uh, color bind, and you know, you're you're trying to figure out what the disconnect is and, and i guess my thought is and I, I bring this up on game club often especially when we play these puzzle platformer games um a lot of them have these really just awful i think in my head awful physics engines were just like shit's flipping all over the place you know what i mean like in uh Petiri or something like that we're just you know you touch something just kind of gets a mind of its own it flips all over and it's just like these poor physics engines this game also has a physics engine, but it's not like, you know, it's very tailored. You know, I wish I knew more. Would about. you call it a physics engine? I thought it was just eight bit typical. No, I'd say there's a, no, I'd say there's a physics engine in there. I mean, it's you know, it's it's pushing blocks. Or, I mean, these blocks are being pushed around. They're moving all over the place, and you know, there's obviously some kind of there's something in place there making making everything react and know how to react. You know what I mean? Like the game knows. I think that's just standard old eight bit video game. I, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I, I think I know what you're saying, Phil. I don't know. I, I mean, it must have some sort of like physics to it. It's just it's very scripted. Like that exa- that exactly. That's what I'm. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like the physics. Yeah. And and I say this all the time. I feel like. See, Randy, you say, well, I think it's eight bit, but you know. There's like script, yeah. Like a, I don't know how to describe it because I'm not a game developer. When so I, I think know. of something with like an obvious physics engine, it's something like you were saying with um, like Little Big Planet, where yeah, where like anything can happen. Like you hit something and it can just maybe it goes really far, or maybe because of the way you hit it, it only goes a little bit. And this game, it seemed like I said, it's scripted. Like for example, that one level where it starts out and you're standing on like all these explosive blocks and there's like nothing mm-hmm. below you, and pretty much, um, you know. The, the fire mage guy or whatever he's called turns around, sees you, throws a fireball, and he sets off this chain reaction of explosions that goes throughout the entire... Basically just blows up everything in the level, and you have to be standing in like kind of like a good spot so that you don't get killed. I mean, it does that explosion series of explosions and the chain reaction exactly the same right. every time and i know because i died about 20 times oh, on yes. that level yeah so <laughs> and and it got to the point where like i knew you know i could count and i knew how many seconds to wait before i fell and then jumped and you know and right and uh so it's not a physics engine in the tradition in what we've come to think of as a physics when you think of like a game with a physics engine like right. half-life 2 and beyond right engine. yeah but i mean obviously yeah i mean for all that stuff to happen the 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 action and reaction there's rule the, right there are rules in place to make yeah, this work and and it's all very tight and it and it feels good and you know it's it's not uh it's not too scripted it's just not it's not loose like what we've come to expect where we're right and uh, I, and i and you know, and I've said it before on the show that I prefer that kind of stuff versus these engines where just like I yeah like shit just has a mind of its own like um, 
uh, insanely twisted shadow planet when you know you're flipping those freaking diamonds around and shit, and it's just like, oh, oh please, yeah. you know, it's terrible. like I wish, yeah. like I wish it just knew to just go in, you know, like. Right, uh, like I'm so doing, I'm doing the action that says I'm putting this crystal into a slot, and it, the game should just, you know, it should know that I picked, I don't know, one of eight different ways this crystal could be flipped. You know what I mean? At, mm-hmm. Instead of just, you know, freaking wiggling that thing into place. Um, and I prefer the way it's done uh, in a scapegoat, which I guess is more of a, a traditional uh, way of doing things. Um, and I think that's what makes the difference between how fun it is to play a game like this versus playing a game like, and I'm sorry, Colorbind, and I'm only comparing it to that because it's like the last game that we played similar to this. Uh, you know, I was actually kind of reminded of um, Offspring Fling slightly mm-hmm. pl- playing this. Just a little bit. I mean, they're not. I don't think they're too similar, but I, I kind of got that vibe. But, you know, that game kind of uses its own its own physics type of engine as well. You know what I mean? Like, it's got its own little rules written in there. Um, and I had a blast playing that game, and I love playing this game. And I think and I think that's why I prefer to play something like, you know, the, you know, the platforming feels good. I feel like I can be good at the game because I understand the rules of the game. And I think that's, for me personally, that is why I would rather play something like this first. Uh, even I'd go as far to say Little Big Planet. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they're not similar games, but I'm just saying, in the way they operate. Yeah. Um, this game is also interesting in that uh, you know it kind of shows all as far as the controls and what your character can do uh, in conjunction with the mouse and the way they interact and everything. It kind of shows its hand early, and it, everything is shown to you what you can do and how it works early in the game, and then it doesn't really change. The levels change and the things that are happening on the screen change and kind of get more crazy and complicated with, like I said, shit blowing up or, you know, waves and waves of those fire mages or the spinning saws or, you know, whatever. But the way that you approach the level as a character never changes. And and I kind of appreciated that in, in the context of this game. Uh, I, I felt like it, it, it made it more positive. It wasn't like you know, midway through the game, all of a sudden you get some new power-up where you can do some other crazy thing where you, like, fly across the screen or something, you know. Everything's uh, kind of laid out early on, and it gives you a chance to just understand how you're supposed to play and then apply it to these new, ever, you know, get increasingly uh, complicated puzzles. Right. So if that makes sense. that's the, I appreciate that about yeah. the game. It does, yeah. I think, I think you're right. And, and a lot of times when games introduce powers, and oftentimes too late... You almost get a little bit mad at the game where you're like, "Oh, why didn't I have this for the first fifty percent of the game? Right, right. Or why am I, you know, why am I just getting this now and I'm only playing it with it for like two levels?" Like What's Bastion, Bastion, for mm-hmm. example, a game where uh, that mechanic was introduced for like the last twenty seconds of the game. I, right. I think both of the infamous games did something like that as well, where you get like this crazy ass travel power for like the last ten minutes. It's like, okay, why, why do that? I'm not going to use this thing yeah. just because you gave it to me right now. But the game doesn't do that. You're right. It shows you its cards right away. But that's even and even doing that, which for most games would be a really dangerous move, works really well in in the case of a scapegoat. Yeah, because and because they do that, it allows them to give you that option of giving you lots of different paths to choose at once. You know, you were saying earlier, if you get stuck on a puzzle, you can just kind of go back out to the hub and choose a whole other world. And because you can do everything that you can do pretty much up front. The only exception is you get the magic hat, which allows you to teleport 
between the mouse. You get that on certain stages, but that's kind of just like a yeah, that's a one board only cer- thing. Yeah, certain stages are built right. for it. But you're introduced to it really early, early on in the game. Yeah. yeah, I think before you get to the hub, right? I think you get yes it in you that get the hub. in that first series that gets you to the hub, right? Yeah, you're you're introduced to it, and then it you know the the uh, messages and everything are are, are funny. Uh, it's got a sense of humor to it, obviously, with the uh, with, with the way information is conveyed to you. Uh, so yeah, it's a cool game. I, I liked, you know, I died a lot. I forget. I think I died uh, like ninety sometimes when I you looked. Did be- you did better than me. Oh yeah, that's awesome. When I looked at yeah. the uh, the thing, at the, it might have been more than. Uh, I'll have to run through the credits again and see. I was like one twenty four or something like that. Okay, I, I thought there. I'm pretty sure it was ninety, um, or somewhere in the, around ninety. But and also, you're you going to be you seeing went, me about die 124 times just on the YouTube video alone. <laughs> <laughs> but Phil, you also went a little further than I did into some of the other stuff and the and the uh, the extra hard mode. So that might have. Uh, mm, I think the first time I when I completed the final path, I think I was at 125, and then when I went back and did the stuff, I skipped. I forget what it was okay. at that point, but um, I mean it wasn't too much higher, but uh. Yeah, I I completed a hundred percent of the uh, you know the main game, which I guess is what would have been on the uh, Xbox mm-hmm. version. Uh, yeah. And then I only did maybe like not even probably like eight percent of the other um, hmm. of the other stages. I felt you know I felt satisfied with what I played. You know, a hundred percenting the. Uh, the, the main game mm-hmm. that I didn't that I didn't feel the need to like press on through the uh, extra stages. I mean, they are pretty frustrating, and I, I don't know if I have yeah time to get time to get angry. But they're there <laughs> for but it's a great you know they're there for people that just like are totally into the game and really want more and that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, it's a great I value. And, right, and I mean I might go back and play those stages. Yeah, but, yeah, um, and there's always a chance they may add more. You know, through through uh, f- later. And there's a community stuff as well, right. so you can check out what sort of sadistic, crazy bastards are out there in the world making levels for this. Also, right. it's worth noting uh, that this game currently is on the, what's it called, the Project Greenlight? Or Oh, oh yeah, on Steam. It? It's on Greenlight on Steam? It is. Project Greenlight was a TV show, wasn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know. It too. I think it was. <laughs> uh, gr- yeah, it's on Greenlight on Steam, and uh, yeah, so if... You're, if you haven't played the game, if maybe you checked it out in the browser, but then you didn't buy it because you didn't want to, I don't know why you wouldn't, but for whatever reason, uh, you should definitely go over onto the Greenlight uh, area in Steam and, and find this game and give it a vote because uh, I think it's it's worthy of, of finding a larger audience. Um, uh, it's really one of the higher quality games of this type that we've played, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Definitely worth buying, and I have to say, for this time of year, I think it's a sweet palate cleanser as well. Mm-hmm. You know, really good game. I can't say enough yeah. nice things about. Let it. me t- let it me up. put it this way: I turned off WoW because I wanted Whoa. to play the wow. scapegoat. That's right. I it broke the addiction, and for me, where where I was like, you know what, I'm gonna turn this off because I feel like playing a scapegoat. That doesn't happen very often for me. So that is, un- <laughs> that is unprecedented. Yeah, that's so really cool. That's about that's like the highest praise I can give it, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very cool. Should we should we wrap it up then? I yeah, think sure. So. I, I, yeah. So we all love it. Scapegoat's good. Check it out, dude. And 
seriously, you can play it for free right now on your browser, or uh, you know the demo of it, or you can spend a dollar on Xbox to. to get I it, think you can you even know? on Xbox with indie titles. Can't you? Pl- don't they have like a? You trial can still mode? download the demo. Yeah, you can do for it like yeah, five dollars demo there. Right. So yeah, if you don't want, if for whatever reason you don't want to play it on your PC, go over on your Xbox and find the indie. Uh, arcade thing and download the trial of that and try it on there because it's really uh, you'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised. Steve, I'm glad you picked this one because I think it's actually been on our uh, game club list for probably about a year now. It's been on the yeah been on the to play list. So it's yeah. good that we got to it. Glad yeah, we, I'm glad we finally played it. Yep. Good pick, man. Good pick. Thank you. Thank you. And so okay, so next time uh, on the game club we're going to be playing the game PID. Uh, P I D. Uh, in case you couldn't understand the way I pronounced it, PID. Uh, it's a 2D. Uh, it's not a puzzle platformer. It is. A, I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think it is. No, <laughs> it's a puzzle platformer. It yeah. is. Oh, no, it's shit. not. It's like sure an, it is. It's like an action adventure game. It's like a 2D. Uh, it's a 2D side scroller. It's a 2D side scroller, but I would. Uh, oh no. It's a 2D side scroller with like puzzle elementsy to it. Like there are segments where it's very puzzle heavy, and there are segments that it's very action heavy. Does it got so, shit physics like the ones I hate? It might. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> right. It's made by the same. It's made. The core people that made PID are the same people that put together Bionic Commando Rearm, the 2D version, not the not the the three dimensional re re release of the original. Hot, hot dog hands. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about. The really cool, <laughs> not one, the, the good one that came out on the PlayStation Network and on Xbox. Not yes. the retail game. Right. Yeah. Yes. No, that game had had nice physics to it. So, uh, like uh, the, what we're talking about, the good ones. So it's you know it stands the reason that this this game PID could also. So we uh, you know, I'll go throw it out there. I I kind of liked Bionic Commando, the rearmed one, or the or the, no, the hot dog hands, hot dog hands, <laughs> <laughs> hot dog hands. <laughs> kind of liked hot dog arm. Yeah, I'm surprised hot- that you even played hot dog hands. I played it because I love Bionic Command. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't wait right, for a new okay, one. Okay. That's why I played it. I see. That I mean, makes if, sense, then. if that didn't have Bionic Commando on the title, I would not have played that shit. But Did you like Rearmed, though? I love Rearmed. Okay. Yeah. Rearmed you is might better. Like Pid. I didn't play Rearmed 2. I wanted to play Rearmed 2. Did you play that? No. no. I, ne- I never got around to playing it. No. It had a jump button, and that was... What? Yeah. Never like, mind. Yeah. What? I don't want to <laughs> jump in Bionic Commando. I know that sounds like maybe stupid. That's why I didn't play this game, but it's totally what like killed my buzzkill on it. I don't know, but or jumping killed with, my the, bu- with the... Killed my buzzkill. I buzz can still kill. see I mean, it being really cool, though. Jumping and using your claw at the same time. You know? That could be pretty yeah, but neat. Par- yeah, but part of the puzzles is that you can't jump. You yeah. know? Part of... The, like That's what makes Bionic Commando. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. But anyway, but the, the core know. team behind that by Bionic Commando Rearmed, or at least a, the core team that made PID is from Bionic Commando Rearmed, and um, you can definitely see a lot of elements of of one in the other. I liked it. I did a test drive of it. I didn't get to finish it yet, so I'm I'm dying to kind of go back and finish it up for Game Club next time. Sweet, cool. You know, I just realized something also while we're speaking of next time is that the next Thursday is actually. Thanksgiving, so we'll oh. probably we'll probably have to mess with the schedule a little bit for the next episode, uh, and but it will be in about two weeks. So if you're listening to this, rest assured that sometime within the next twelve to sixteen days, you'll get the PID episode 
of uh, the Game Club coming out. Ah, oh, I can't believe we're that close to the holiday season. I know. Right? It's I just kind of feel sick at my stomach thinking yeah, it's about crazy. it. <laughs> you mean I'll be playing Wii U before we record the next episode? What? Holy shit! I'm <laughs> gonna invite myself over to your house and be like, I brought a six pack of beer and a pizza. If I'm here bring, to play Wii U. Bring, I don't know what you guys are gonna do. If you bring a six pack of beer and a pizza, I will eat the pizza and you can play the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> Use it as bait to get Phil <laughs> off the Wii U. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, depending on well, when I get this thing, yeah, maybe we can come over. You guys can come over or something. That'd be cool. Cool, right on. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for checking out the game club. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you're listening to the show or watching the video on YouTube, please uh, go ahead and click that subscribe button up there. Uh, if you're listening to us somehow through an audio format, we are available on iTunes, Zoom Marketplace, and Stitcher Radio. So please subscribe to us. Leave us some feedback, a rating on one of those services. That would be really appreciated. Uh, and also head over to eldergeek.com and check us out on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch TV, a lot of great stuff, a lot of reviews going up all the time, a lot of great video content and features. Um, check it out. Uh, thank you guys very much again. Uh, really appreciate your support. My name is Steve, and for Phil and Randy, we will see you next time on the Game Club talking about PvP.